Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week we're recapping a movie. Um, we're recapping Love Guaranteed that is a movie on Netflix. You know what? I feel like Netflix is really, I don't know, they're really investing in like rom-coms like no one else is. Like they're yeah. just not in theaters anymore, but Netflix is doing the thing. Yeah, Netflix, um, I feel like people got sort of disenchanted with rom-coms for a while, and Netflix is like, hold my beer. They're like, I got you, boo. Netflix knows what the girls want. My husband was going through my Netflix, like, watch again list yesterday, and he's like, what the actual fuck? He's like, rom-com, rom-com, vampire diaries, the originals, (laughs) criminal minds, new girl, rom-com rom-com serial killer documentary like what is actually wrong with you no that is an exact description of what my netflix history looks like too it's like i watch rom-coms for the podcast and then i watch true crime documentaries to relax you know to cleanse the palate (laughs) listen my my comfort shows used to be like um Gilmore Girls, mm. and now I'm like, Coronal Minds, season 11, yeah. let's go. I think when you get older and your anxiety gets, your anxiety levels rise, you need a show to match that, you know? Yeah. To make you feel better about being scared all the time about the safety of everyone you love. You know, I'm totally good with it. I, I'm comfortable with... With the person you are <laughs> and the decisions you make. Yeah, so where the movie we're covering is called Love Guaranteed. Is it love, comma, guaranteed? Yeah, love, comma, guaranteed. So the movie is about this lawyer lady. Her name is Susan. Uh-huh. She has a lot of girl boss too close to the sun energy. Yeah. I, I, I love that for her. You know, no hate here. I love that for her. However, <laughs> she has girl boss so close to the sun that she's... Um, broke, <laughs> broke. Yeah, she's broke as fuck. She drives a really old car, and the door handle's falling off. Yeah, and she has to like put it in her purse. It, it kind of reminds me of a serial killer car. Speaking of that, yeah. So I'm just saying, if I was dating her, I would not get in her car. As cute as she is, that's a red flag. Like if your door handle is falling off. So you're probably asking yourself, like, wait, you said this girl is a lawyer. Why is she so broke? She owns her own law firm. But the problem is, like, she doesn't get really paid by her clients. A lot of her clients, one, can't pay her at all. And the clients that can pay her, she doesn't really enforce the whole, hey, I'd really like my money now. Because she just she just wants to help people, you know? I mean, I get that. But I also think, you know, you can be a good person and help people, but also get paid for your time. Because she is struggling. Like, her law firm is at risk of, you know, kind of going under. Yeah, her her paralegals had to get rid of the water cooler and they were really bummed about it. <laughs> Their goldfish died. Oh my God, and they can't afford to replace it. And then also she's living in this like rent-controlled apartment. This is Seattle, by the way, which is kind of an expensive city. But she's living in her um, brother-in-law's kind of like duplex. Yeah, it's like a duplex townhome and her brother-in-law's family owns it. Um, her brother-in-law and sister live on one side and she lives on the other side. You get 
the sense that she's struggling interpersonally, you know, like with personal mm-hmm. relationships, because like sh- you see her going into her house and it's kind of littered with takeout boxes and you could tell that she's That's alone. That's all she has. Well, yeah. And it's like that stereotype of women not being able to be successful without sacrificing like dick. So it's like you have two choices. You can either get dick or get rich. And she's not getting either. She isn't getting <laughs> either. Like she's not, she isn't rich and she is also not getting dick. So it's very sad. It's sad. <laughs> you know what? Like she's a cute little thing too. Like she could easily get dick like on the regular. She somehow catches the eye of this very handsome, tall, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful black man. Dude, he's fine as fuck. He Okay, so first of all, What's his name? Shit. He's a Wayne's brother. Uh, um, Damon? Okay, yes. So the movie is starring Rachel Lee Cook and Damon Wayans. Wasn't he on New Girl for a while? He was. He was coach on New Girl. Yeah. Listen, um, Smash, first of all. <laughs> Smash. Both 100%. of them. Yes. Smash both of them. Um, Nick, his character's name is Nick. And, you know, they're both at this cutesy little cart, you know, getting coffee. It's one of those street coffee carts. Yeah. Um, she's on the phone with a client um, giving out free legal information. <laughs> He's behind her and she's just like getting in his way. She's ordering a pumpkin spice latte and then she's, you know so busy talking on the phone that she doesn't realize she's holding up the line and he's right behind her. So he grabs his order after her and he starts walking in the same direction as her and he he starts dogging her about ordering pumpkin spice latte. He's like, there's no pumpkin in them. It's a scam. Yeah, he's like, it's false advertisement. It's not even real pumpkin. First of all, sir, (laughs) sir, there is one thing I will never stand for and that Mm -hmm. I will never allow. And as that is for... A man, any man, no matter how fine you are, mm-hmm. to come up to me and tell me that my pumpkin spice latte is not a sufficient beverage, okay? This is a red flag. Red flag. He doesn't like pumpkin spice lattes. You can fuck all the way off. But I f- Okay, so here's the thing about the actor who plays Nick, um, Damon Wayans. He has this incredible voice that's like, mm-hmm. it's very deep and gravelly, but at the same time, it has like a lightness to it. Like he's kind of joking. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so when he came up to her, I felt like it wasn't rude. Like I felt he was being playful and she was being so stuck up. She was on her way to work. She's busy. Don't. T- she hasn't even drank her coffee yet. Don't talk to me before I drink my coffee. Like, I don't know. I'm on her side here. You're right. He does have a very soothing, rather unthreatening voice. Yeah. However, whenever I look at a man and I'm like, he's not threatening. I'm like, "Mm -mm. not today, Satan. Not today. You will not lure me in. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, Susan has manic pixie dream girl energy if manic pixie dream girl went to law school. You think so? Yeah. When I think of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I think of someone who is untraditional, and she's very, like, traditional, you know? Listen, in college, I bet you College Susan had pink, purple, or blue hair at least once. Hmm. Are you you projecting yourself onto this character? No. 
I don't know. The lie detector might reveal that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I like her energy. However, like she definitely like dampens down the mania into productiveness. Yeah. No, she is very much, I mean, it's that stereotype of that woman who's so into her job, like eats, lives, breathes her job and has no time for men to the point where here's this gorgeous guy trying to talk to her playfully. And she's just like, literally go away. She wants nothing to do with him. Uh huh. Unfortunately for her, he um, follows her to her office because he has an appointment there at 10 a.m. With her. With her. (laughs) Yeah, so essentially he's there because he was a member of this dating website called Love Guaranteed. And in the fine print, it says that you are guaranteed to find love, but you have to go on a thousand dates for the terms to apply. He says that he's been on, you know, almost 1,000 dates, which blows Susan's mind. You know, she's like, how? How? And he's like, oh, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah, he's like, a guy's got to eat. So (laughs) Susan is just, she's not interested because this kind of goes against what her mission statement is, which is to help the helpless. And she Mm -hmm. tells him, she's like, this is a gotcha lawsuit. This is the lawsuit of like scam artists that read the fine print and just try to sue companies. The loophole finder. Yeah, they just exploit a loophole to get money. And so she dismisses him like, Basically, um, I don't want to work with you. He is not so easily deterred by a no. He asked her how much for a retainer, and she's just like, "I this is not, this is not something I'm interested in." But he writes her a check anyways, and he's like, "I think your you know employees would like their water cooler back, so here you go." Because he was there when the water cooler got taken away. Listen, he knows that she needs the money. And she does need Mm -hmm. the money. So I don't think Susan, I don't think Susan has room to be on her high horse, you know? When you insist on working for free and not collecting, um, yeah, I think your employees want a paycheck. I don't even know how she can afford two paralegals. I don't know either. Two paralegals and an office front like that? I don't. Mm -hmm. In Seattle? Mm Mm-mm. The, the math is not mathing. It's not mathing at all. <laughs> but eventually Susan agrees to take his case. And when she tells her paralegals that she is taking on this case, they're really excited because this is a major company, this website. And so they could stand to make a lot of money out of this lawsuit. Yeah. Her employees tell her, like, what do you know about online dating? And Susan's like, oh, I- I've never done it. The rational course of action here is, well, you have to try it. You can't argue a case about something you don't know. Yeah, you can't properly argue a case about something you don't know. So they tell her that she has to go on a couple of online dates and they sign her up for Love Guaranteed. She's a little iffy on it, but eventually she just kind of lets them um, railroad her into getting... An online dating profile. You know, so Susan now has to look into this case. And luckily for her, Nick has documented all of his dates, all 986 of them. By the way, he's still going on dates because he's trying to get to a thousand. Yeah. 
he goes on like 10 a.m. breakfast dates. He brings her this huge box of like manila folders with very detailed explanation of how the dates went. But he doesn't even have half of the girls' names on there. Um, he has the one that talks about cats the whole time. The one that eats paper. The one that brought her parents. After he drops off this big box, he's like, okay, I have to go. I have a breakfast date. So it's like, yeah. he's, he's a busy guy, dude. She drops the whole big box in front of her paralegals and she's like, start your digging. But then their computers ding and they're like, oh my God, your matches are rolling in. Yeah. And they do sort of a date mon date slash interview montage. Yeah. So what's happening is that Susan goes back to interview the dates that Nick documented because she wants to make sure that he wasn't intentionally sabotaging the dates, you know? Yeah. And so she's going back to interview those dates. But at the same time, as we get that montage of her interviewing the dates, it's intercut with Susan going on her own dates. Yeah. And she finds out about all of the horrors of online dating, which is the catfishing. Yeah. The no shows. The straight up weirdos. She only goes on three dates, though, and one of them doesn't even show up. <laughs> Yeah, um, three dates and she's exhausted. She's like, I need a break. I can't do this anymore. One of the guys she goes on a date with is intermittent fasting and he's like falling asleep. So when Susan interviews Nick's previous dates, there are all these different, you know, women from different walks of life, but they Mm -hmm. all sing his praises. So they all tell Susan like, oh, no, he was a gentleman. Oh, no, he paid for my meal. Like, he's a really good guy. And they all like enjoyed their dates. So it proves he was not sabotaging the dates. They're like, he asked me about me. He seemed interested. He was attentive. He walked me to my door or to my car. Like, none of them have a single bad thing to say about him. It's a little sus, you know? It's a little sus at this point to me because he's so charming and all of these women are singing his praises, but yet he couldn't find a single woman that he liked in 986 states. Um, yeah, that's kind of a red flag for me to where... The only common factor here is you, my dude. Right. Like, maybe something's wrong with you. One of the dates does say the only critical thing that any of them say, which is that she thinks Nick is out to prove love doesn't exist. Yeah. Which, you know, there's probably some background there. But... Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Um, (laughs) We'll come back to it. But yeah, she's like, he... He's not looking for love. He's trying to prove that it doesn't exist. I like how the movie has all of these people telling us how great Nick is, like all his previous dates. And Mm -hmm. but he never talks about himself, you know? No. So I'm like, she doesn't even know what he does for a living. Like, that's a green fucking flag. I mean, you know what? When a dude is giving no personal information, um, or like any Like, when a dude is not telling you about himself to get to know you so you guys can click with each other, I feel like that's a red flag. Like, what are you hiding? Hmm. It's a fine line. It's like it's a fine line between talking about yourself so much that you come across as a narcissist and being completely, like, not sharing at all. Like, the guy Uh from the last movie. 
or the movie before last, Coyote yeah. Ugly, where like we didn't know anything about him. We still don't. <laughs> no. Nick went on his 1,000... Nick was actually... He's getting ready to go on his 1,000th date. Mm-hmm. And Susan asked to see the profile. And he's like, really? You want to see it? She's like, yeah. Let me check it out. So he shows her and... She's like, oh, she's a fifth grade teacher. She likes gardening and walk, like exercise, some other dumb shit. (laughs) Really exercise. (laughs) Outdoor activities you just kind of loop, lump together as other shit. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. So (laughs) she, um, she's like, she looks cute. And he's like, "Mm -mm. no, it's the cute ones you have to be careful of. They are the most problematic. Mm. Don't I know it? (laughs) Well, the date that he's going on is this beautiful redhead. And then when Nick is on the date with her, she turns out to be very picky about food, which like, listen, I guess it's fine. But I I also understand how it can be kind of annoying when Mm -hmm. someone is being so picky about everything because it makes you feel like, what am I doing wrong with eating because this person is picking apart every single meal on the menu. Yeah, and she asked the waitress, does the pecan-crusted salmon have nuts? And the waitress <laughs> is like, it's it's crusted and pecans. So, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Pecans are nuts, honey bun. Aren't you a teacher? Yeah. You should know that. So, um, Susan actually shows up to this date kind of trying to stealth sneak you know, she's trying to, like, on the down low, spy on him on this disaster of a date. Uh, but she runs into Mr. Intermittent Fasting mm. while she's there. And he's like, Susan! Well, he's wasted because he's drinking on an empty stomach. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, like I don't, um, I, I, you, you just know this guy, like, Googled, like, does vodka break a fast? And Google was like, no, absolutely not, bro. You are good. <laughs> like... It does, by the way. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. Intermittent fasting guy who is drunk ends up calling a lot of attention to Susan, which is the last thing she wants because uh-huh. she's trying to be low key. So Nick looks over from his date and he spots Susan. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of a really awkward experience for everybody involved. <laughs> Nick's date leaves and Susan sort of joins Nick at the table. Yeah, they end up having dinner together, and it's kind of like, it feels like a date. It does. It feels like a date. Um, It's definitely not a date, though, you know? Definitely not. Is it not a date? Because he starts opening up about why he got into physical therapy, and he tells her that he used to play pro basketball, and Mm -hmm. he got injured. And I'm just like, he's opening up. Like, this is a date. It's a date, but, like, it's... Un, it's really unethical for an attorney to be dating their client. So, like, it's not a date, you know? Listen, this is a, okay. This is why I say it's, like, has date vibes because he walks her to her car. Susan asks Nick, what would you call tonight? Like, what label would you give me? And he said, the one I didn't see coming. And he's being really sweet And he seems to find her really interesting, which honestly, like, I don't, like, I haven't seen a whole lot of personality from Susan. So I just, I kind of don't get his interest. It's just kind of that, that mysterious enigma that happens in rom-coms where the really gorgeous guy is just inexplicably 
charmed by this girl who has like no personality. You think so? Yeah, I find her to be very like bland. I I feel like she's interesting because she's very unattorney like, which is intriguing. How? To me. How is she unattorney like? Um, well, she's working for free for starters. Okay. <laughs> um, she has kind of a bubblier personality, which is also very unattorney like. I don't get what he was all caught up about. I don't know. Maybe that's just his type. We all have our type. Mine is nerdy lumberjack. <laughs> Yours is tall cracker. Like we <laughs> so and and Nick's type is stuck up white girl with no personality outside of her job. Um, his type is manic pixie dream girl who went to law school. You know what, Courtney? You're gonna die on this hill. I will. Yes. That Susan is a manic pixie dream girl and i'm gonna leave your body on that hill like i am not even i'm not gonna have a burial for you i'm not gonna do anything to help you out because i'm not even i'm not even coming to your hill to visit you or to say goodbye you can just die on your hill yes you are (laughs) if you don't come to my hill to visit me i will come to your house to visit you (laughs) after you die yeah after death you're gonna have to have an exorcism to get my ghost out of there i'm just gonna be drawing dicks on your mirror while you're in the shower god I'm just going to be waking your kids up in the middle of the night. Like, hey, <laughs> go wake your mom up and tell her you're afraid. Tell her tell her that there's a woman holding a binder in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to move all your shit. Like, you know what? You're going to be getting your kids ready for school one day. And you're going to be like, get your shoes. And they're going to be like, I can't find them. And you know what? You know where their shoes are going to be? In the fucking car. No. Okay, I'm getting scared now. Fine, I'll visit you in the hill you're dying on. Stop. You You scare me, you know? (laughs) I'm going to go whisper all your secrets to your mom. (laughs) She's not going to understand you. She doesn't speak English. Are you going to learn Spanish in the other side? Yes. You're going to learn. You're going to like your your entire afterlife is just going to be you seeking revenge for me not visiting the di- the hill you died on. So Love Guaranteed is the company is owned by a lady named Taylor. This is a very Gwyneth Paltrow-esque type character. How would you describe the Gwyneth Paltrow energy that this woman exudes? I don't want to get sued. Um. <laughs> well, this is this is what I think. I feel like the Gwyneth Paltrow energy, it's like the mythical unicorn powers of the vagina, like embodied in a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it feels like. It just feels like there's this, I almost said radioactive, but what's like radioactive mm-hmm. but like not bad? Rose's opinions are her own and do not reflect <laughs> the views or thoughts of fiction fixation. Uh, no, I get what you're saying. It's like sort of a um, like an unavoidable sort of aura of powerful vagina. The owner of uh, Love Guaranteed, you know, mm-hmm. she gives off those vibes. But Nick and Susan go to this conference room that's full of lawyers mm-hmm. for Love Guaranteed. They are offering $100,000 for Nick to drop the lawsuit. And sign an NDA. And sign an NDA, yeah. You know, Susan's 
tells the other attorney and Taylor, the owner of the company, she tells everybody in this boardroom, um, $100,000 would barely give my client his money back for his dates, let alone punitive damages. Yeah. So Susan is asking for 500000 And the attorney says, you don't, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. This isn't a negotiation. Yeah. Dude, this is where, like, the Gwyneth Paltrow-esque owner, she starts condescending Susan hardcore. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I know all about you and your failing law firm. Mm-hmm. Your head is barely above water right now. And she just starts being such a freaking see you next Tuesday about it. And you can tell Susan is embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You could tell that it's really hitting her where it hurts. Because she knows. Like, these are not, yeah. like... It's not new information to her. She knows. And then Nick starts to stick up for her. He does. He says, I hired Susan because she has character and principles and common decency. And I kind of got a little lady boner for him standing up to her. It was it was nice to see. And then like a boss, Susan stands up and she's like, I will see you in court where we will be asking for $1 million in punitive damages. Yeah, You know, she has this mic drop moment as she's leaving, but they're, they're in the fourth floor penthouse. And so they have to press the elevator button and then sit there I know. and wait for it to get up there. Well, it's so awkward because, yeah, Susan and Nick just kind of like, yeah, we're going to own you guys in court and we'll see you in court. And then they have to turn around. And wait for the elevator as everyone in the conference room is just watching them. So it's like. And then they have to get in the elevator and face them as they wait for the doors to close. (laughs) Awkward energy is kind of a motif in this movie. And I I have a couple more things to say about that in the scenes to come. You know, I love it, though. I love it. I love the awkward energy. Awkward energy is the motif of my life, to be honest. (laughs) Susan is still doing digging on Nick. Uh She's still looking into his past, Uh and she finds an Instagram profile of a woman, like this gorgeous model, who has a bunch of pictures with Nick. So they were in a relationship. Yeah. She plans on meeting with this woman to interview her. Susan tells herself that she's doing it because she just wants to make sure that her client's not hiding anything from her. She's actually doing it because she's catching feelings and she's snooping. You know what? I hadn't even thought about that, but it's so true. Like, at this point, Susan is no longer just doing her due diligence. She is using her job as an excuse Uh to snoop into a guy that she is starting to like. And so she goes to meet this woman. And the woman tells Susan that her and Nick dated... But she broke it off. Well, they were engaged, actually. Yeah, they were engaged to each other. And the woman tells Susan, I broke it off. We haven't spoken since. Yeah, she she literally says, like, it was my fault. Like, it wasn't Nick's fault. And at this point, I'm rolling my eyes because Susan has interviewed, I don't know how many girls, right? But she's interviewed a lot of women about Nick and not a single one of them had a negative thing to say about him and I'm just like look I'm getting suspicious he's Mr. Perfect and I don't like it like I Mm -hmm. want a little darkness I want like a dark sexual secret like I want like something like a little spice you know like can we please have 
you know, one red flag, like one actual red flag to where it makes women be like, still smash, but with reservations, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's giving me like Edward Cullen vibes where he's like this beautiful and perfect man who can do no wrong. It's like, look, if you're boring, just say that, you know? Edward was a 118-year-old virgin, so... <laughs> <laughs> he was beyond I still, perfect. I still think he was lying, though. You think Edward Cullen lied about being a virgin on Twilight? Take a 17-year-old boy, okay? And make him 17 for 100 years. You think that boy hasn't diddled someone somewhere? Because he has. Mm-hmm. Edward, the math isn't mathing, Edward Cullen. At the very least, he's done some mouth stuff. That elbow's seen some places. Some dark <laughs> places. <laughs> okay. So Susan leaves this meeting with Nick's ex-fiance, mm-hmm. and she feels a little guilty, I think, because she is realizing mm-hmm. like she might have dug a little too far. She overstepped, especially because she didn't tell him first. Well, yeah, and then also there. The relationship that Nick had with this with this woman, it happened way before he even started online dating. So it has nothing to do with the yeah. case. She was just nosy. Well, if she would have just asked him, he would have told her. But mm-hmm. Nick and Susan are starting to spend time together. There's like mm-hmm. at, at one part, they're going for a walk in the park and they're just kind of talking about each other's lives. And I was like, wait a minute. Are these billable hours? Like, what if he thinks that they're just hanging out and then he gets like a $3,000 bill? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. That's where it gets kind of unethical and iffy to where it's like, what is billable and what is not? And at this point, she said, well, it's like, can she bill him at all if she's kind of talking about work but she's also flirting like does it cancel out is it no longer billable i don't know it's a gray line it's a gray line it's a gray line but like also do yourself a favor and don't just do yourself a favor and don't do that because it's getting weird you know yeah oh my gosh she even invites him over to her house. This is where I think this is a very, very huge line that she crosses. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think in any industry, a client should be stepping into your house in the middle of you working with them actively. Like, that is a huge red line. And she should know this. I think that I agree, but I also disagree because um, I know that... I've worked for attorneys who have had like events at their homes and they've invited their clients to, but it was kind of like a, yeah, come on over, you know, like we're having like a barbecue for Labor Day, you know, where they've invited clients, but it was kind of like an open invitation to all clients. It wasn't. Right. I think that's, that's different than a personal one-on-one. And again, mm-hmm. Nick uh, is opening up to Susan and he, girl, Nick goes into his tragic backstory and as soon as I heard that sad music playing I was like oh shit hold on did his dog get run over by a pizza delivery truck like were his parents assassinated by the Italian mafia like I thought it was gonna be funny (laughs) my dog did get run over by a pizza delivery car when I was C-11 Courtney you have to let that go (laughs) just kidding (laughs) fuck dominoes (laughs) 
What if Domino's like wanted to sponsor us? You're just gonna have to deal with the pain of having to talk about Domino's. Your mom's a hoe, Domino's. <laughs> it's your new slogan. Your mom's a hoe, Domino's. Yeah, I, I thought <laughs> I it. it was. I thought it was gonna be this very dramatic thing, but it was none of those things. No, he just talks about how his girl left him. His fiance. Are you okay? You got kind of. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. Are you okay? Are you like a sadist for people getting their heart broken? You are so tickled. No, I ran out of coffee creamer, so I used Bailey's this morning. So I'm a little day drunk, to be honest. All right, that checks out. Listen, I don't have to go anywhere today. I don't work. My kids are at school. You do work. You have two jobs. I do. But you work from home. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that his that's his tragic love story. His fiance goes to him, which is like, you know what? I don't know what's wrong with me lately. I feel like my soul is a little dead inside because I'm just not feeling the pain of these characters. I'm just literally like, get over it, you know, just move on. That's awful. There's a lot going on in the world that's numbing me to life. Listen, that's for another podcast. <laughs> well, we'll just do like an episode where we just drink and cry. It'll be fine. Where we laugh about our trauma. When Nick is over at Susan's house, they hear a scream coming from next door. And of course, that is where Susan's pregnant sister lives. So they rush over there because Susan's afraid something happened. And, you know, she goes over. She's like, oh, my God, is everything okay?" She's like, oh, yeah, we're fine. My water broke, though. So... Yeah, her sister is about to give birth, so her sister and and her brother-in-law are, like, rushing to get out, and they leave their, I don't know, how old is that kid? Like, six years old? Yeah, he's, like, five or six. Yeah, so they leave their kid with Susan and Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick thinks, like, oh, it's, it'll be easy. Like, this is fine. It's a six-year-old. Like, how bad can it be? Bad. The answer is bad. It's pretty bad. Like, kids know what they can get away with, and this kid was, like... This kid chose mm-hmm. violence and just started throwing everything and just being a jerk. You know, I think that we need to start normalizing matching our children's energy. Um, <laughs> so if our kids want to be on their bullshit, we should also be on our bullshit. Like you want to break things? Oh, we can break things, honey. Let's start with your fucking Legos, Timmy. Yeah, that's right, Timmy. That's an asshole name if I ever heard one. Right? <laughs> This is, they have awkward goodbyes. Can we talk about the awkward goodbyes? Yeah. So they have like a really awkward goodbye to where, you know, like they, he's like, we can hug, right? And she's like, yeah, we can hug. And then they have that stare, like that before a kiss stare. Well, yeah. Well, first they're sitting next to each other and they look like they're about to kiss, but they don't. And then he awkwardly says, oh, you know, we can hug. And they hug. And Courtney, the energy is so awkward between them. And uh-huh. it's so awkward that the movie puts in, like, magical sound effects to try to trick us into thinking that this is a magical moment. Like, it's like that, that like, falling piano, like, like, this, like, magical uh-huh. thing when he kisses her on the forehead. And I'm like, look, soundtracks can manipulate me a lot, but there is nothing <laughs> that you can dub in that's going to trick me into thinking that this awkward-ass moment is somehow magical or romantic. It's awkward, okay? It's awkward. And then he kisses her on the forehead. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it's getting weird. Well, I mean, it would be sweet, but it's like a very intimate thing to do with someone that you previously have had no physical contact with. Let's not forget that he's also her client. I know. We're still confused about which hours are billable, okay? I know. Are these hours billable? Oh, my God. I'm uncomfy. Yeah. You're uncomfy. I'm uncomfy, girl. We're all uncomfy. We're all uncomfy. I think they're uncomfy, too, to be honest. Oh, for sure. So the next day, Susan goes into the office, and she's, like, super bubbly and happy and her paralegals are like did she get dick i know did she get dick <laughs> it finally happened the awkwardness is about to reach a new level because when susan talks to the one of the attorneys for love guaranteed he reveals that they've been digging into nick's past as well and they also have pictures of nick and susan strolling the park together the other attorney is just like, hey, um, I just want you to let let you know that we're going to be calling Nick's former fiance to the stand. Also, y'all look to be awfully comfy lately. Hmm. Might I also remind you that the fine print and disclaimer for Love Guaranteed says you will find love because of Love Guaranteed, not necessarily through love guaranteed yeah so i guess i'll see you at trial miss seattle lawyer lady which is her username on love guaranteed (laughs) yeah so he's essentially uh letting her know like hey you joined love guarantee and we see your profile and we see that you and nick are getting very close together and if you guys are in love like this pretty much throws out the case Mm mm-hmm this is where Susan realizes that things can't go any further that uh, with Nick and because it was sabotaged the case. And I'm like, honey bun, that already happened. Like You already sabotaged the case. Yeah, boo, you sabotaged your case the minute you let your, your paralegals sign you up for Love Guaranteed. And then again, when you started actually following for your client. I feel like since she's an attorney... She can't actually be on Love Guaranteed because it's like a conflict, you know? How are you going to sue a service while, while utilizing the service? Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like the, the legalese is kind of murky in this movie. But yeah, so Susan starts ghosting Nick, which, you know what, really breaks my heart because he starts calling her and... He's going straight to voicemail. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to hang out with her. He's like, hey, I got this movie I want to see with you. And he's like, hey, you know, just calling you to uh-huh. see if you want to hang out. And he, you know, listen, it kind of broke my heart, but he's also coming off a bit strong. Like, if you go to voicemail more than once, like, the person doesn't want to talk to you. Leave her alone. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but also, like... She did just ghost him. It's probably like flashbacks because his ex-fiance did the same thing. Right. But and also she's still his lawyer. So it's like now it's like on different levels because she's ghosting him as a potential love interest. But she's also ghosting Mm -hmm. him as his lawyer. And, you know, I'm just saying one star review on Yelp. Like she is not it. Yeah. 
No, I agree. Uh, it's awkward. It's getting even more awkward, okay? More awkward by the minute. And she finally takes his call after ghosting him for, mm-hmm. like, an entire day. She And he's like, hey, where have you been? I've left you, like, five messages. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I've just been really busy preparing for trial. Uh, he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, are, are you free? And she's like, nope. Busy. Oh, man. Yeah. It's just she very clearly tells him, like, hey, I don't think we can spend time together anymore. And he gets it right away. But he's also, like, really taken aback by it. Like, it was really just, like, a switch up on her part, you know? I know. He gets no explanation. I mean, she just says, I have to focus on the case. That's my priority. And listen, I think if she would just be honest with him and say, hey, I feel like there's a vibe here where we're becoming romantically entangled Mm -hmm. and that's going to undermine your case, I think he would understand, you know? I think she should have just been honest with him and been like, hey, um, the other attorney called me. He said this shit. Um, so we need to definitely scale back um, so this doesn't jeopardize shit. Well, we get a sad montage, which, you know, it's one of my least favorite montages. <laughs> um, it's basically Susan spending a lot of time away from Nick Mm-hmm. And we know it's a sad montage, not just because the music is sad, but because there's also a shot of Susan kind of anguishing by a window that's like covered in raindrops. So like the raindrops yeah. really hit the point, like it really nails the point down. So the day of the trial rolls mm-hmm. around. Yes. They meet outside the courtroom. They haven't spoken in days. They haven't seen each other in longer. It's tense and awkward, but let's be honest, it's always tense and awkward with them. So this is par for the course, to be honest. Nick has the sads. He's just kind of moping around and he's you could tell he's so heartbroken. It's the day of the trial and Nick is the plaintiff. Nick's case revolves around the you guarantee love. Right. Within 1000 dates, you know, you guarantee love. Because of love guaranteed and your fine print and you are ripping people off with hope that does not exist. So love guaranteed, their defense is that Nick was never looking for love, that he just went in Mm -hmm. and he had the thousand dates with the intention to exploit this loophole and get money. So they're just kind of they're just kind of painting him to be this grifter. As they go through the trial and they start to bring in witnesses, they bring in a whole bunch of his past dates that he went on. And, you know, everyone's very complimentary towards him. You know, nobody has a bad thing to say about him. He's looking really good. He's Nick is looking like a saint in front of everyone. Susan tells Nick, I'm going to call your ex-fiance to the stand. Right. I feel like if she's our witness instead of their witness, we can manage her testimony better. Long story short, the ex gets up there, the ex-fiance, and she drops some truth bombs, which is basically what I was feeling the whole movie. She was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? When I heard about this lawsuit, I thought it was like bull because... You know, you go on a thousand dates and you can't find anyone like that's very suspicious Mm -hmm. to me. 
And I was like, yes, girl, me too. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, but eventually she, you know, she tells the courtroom that she broke things off with Nick, that she's engaged to someone else, that he had nothing to do with it, and essentially that she doesn't believe that he has ill intent or bad motives in this situation. Yeah, she says it is weird that he didn't find anyone after a thousand dates, but she's like, I know Nick and he's honest, so... I mm-hmm. do believe, like, he gave it his best shot, which, you know what, fine. Like, mm-hmm. another hill I'm not going to visit because I just don't agree. I just don't think he gave it his best shot. It's statistically not possible. So we're wrapping up the case here, okay? We're wrapping up trial, and um, they they recess and they take a break. Nick talks to his ex fiance out in the hallway, and, you know, they have kind of like a bittersweet, like, I'm happy for you, you know, oh, thank you. And then she says, I know that look on your face. You're in love with your attorney. Mm. And, you know, he he's like, well, what if I put myself out there and she's not into it? And she's like, well, you'll never know unless you try. Uh, like, OK, like I, I agree with her, but like maybe not in the middle of a court case in a trial. You know what? I, I get it, but not not the time or the place. All right. Yeah. So after the recess, they call Nick up to take the stand and testify. While he's on the stand, Nick confesses his love mm-hmm. for Susan and says that he's withdrawing his case. Well, he essentially undermines his own case because he's like, you know what? The love guaranteed says that they guarantee you find love. And he's like, I actually did fi- find love. I fell in love with my lawyer. And it wasn't necessarily yeah. through love guaranteed, but it was because of love guaranteed. And so, Which matches their claim. Yeah, so the defense is like, well, then we must move to dismiss these charges. And he's like, you know what? I dropped them. Like, I'm dropping the lawsuit. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's basically like he's walking away from $1 million to publicly confess that he is in love with his lawyer. And listen, mad props to you. Like, I'm really, really happy for you. But if I had to pretend not to be in love with my husband... For two weeks for a million dollars like I feel like I could manage it like I think I could do it listen if I did not deny being in love with my husband for two weeks to get a million dollars he would divorce me <laughs> You'd be like, I know. Bitch, are you fucking kidding me it's this big dramatic scene because kind of the the courtroom explodes into chatter dramatically mm-hmm. yeah he comes down from the witness stand and kind of comes up and holds her and he's like do you love me too and the judge is like i need you to answer the question (laughs) (laughs) she says i do and then they kiss to the cheers and chants of the courtroom and listen i'm sorry but there's no judge that's gonna allow this like debauchery yeah this this complete foolery happening in the courtroom but yeah they're like kissing and it's like there's press there there's a courtroom full of people it's like this big climatic event Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they get approached by the owner of Love Guarantee, the Gwyneth Paltrow lady. She says, okay. She's like, I'll pay your legal fees and I'll give you $250,000 to donate to, you know, your hospital if you two become the new face of Love Guaranteed. And which means Susan's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. 
And he also gets his money to donate to his to the hospital. Where he works. Yeah. And Susan says, well, we were asking for a million. And so Taylor says, okay, fine, 500000 Yeah. No biggie. I guess, you know, I'll just buy the 20-foot yacht instead of the 50-foot yacht. Yes. And so Susan and Nick agree. And this is really where the movie leaves us with them becoming the new slogan couple for Love Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, you know, cool, 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 cool. I'm really happy for them. But like, listen, uh, Miss Susan needs to get disbarred because this was some bullshit that she pulled. OK. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. This is some bullshit. Um, <laughs> this shall not be allowed. Mm-mm. Ma'am. Ma'am. Keep your pants on. Like, come on. She, oh, anyway. But yeah, so they live happily ever after, I'm sure. Except we don't know Susan's backstory. And I know you keep insisting that she's a manic pixie dream girl. Um, Listen, manic pixie dream girls have very dark backstories. So if that is the hill you're going to die on, you have to accept the other part of the coin. Oh, sure. I'll accept that. She probably has a super tragic dark backstory. All right, guys. So the teapot is empty for today. More is on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. Woo! We'll see you then. Bye!